0: You are tuning in to the True North Church Podcast. Our prayer is that you would be inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more information about True North Church, please visit us online at truenorthak.org. You ever been having a conversation with someone, and when you're looking at them, you can see that what you're talking about is like right over their heads. How many of you don't to, uh, wives in the room? How many of you know what I'm talking about? When you're having a conversation with your husband and you're talking about, I don't know, and he's like, uh, uh, yeah. And you know, he's not connecting. He's watching the game right behind you. And so it, here's a conversation as we jump into the message today. Jesus is having a conversation with the disciples. It's close to where he's gonna be crucified. He spent three years ministering and showing them uh, how to do this, how to run this race of faith. And then he's about to hand the baton to the disciples. And in chapter 15 of John and chapter 16, he's having this conversation. He says, stay plugged into me. This race is not gonna be easy. There's gonna be difficult times. People are gonna hate you because of me. Um, and all these things are gonna happen. And he's saying also all this to them. And then in John 16, he says, I told you all these things so that you will not abandon your faith. In other words, I want you to hang on tight. I want you to run the race of faith that I've called you to run. And then the disciples, after he talks a little bit more, he, they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we get it, Jesus. We know what you're saying." He's just shaking his head, just like you wives do sometimes with your husbands. He's like, "Yeah, you're not fully getting it, but you will. You're gonna understand here at some point." And then he goes on and he finishes John chapter 16, verse 33. He says, "But but you know, in this world, you're gonna have trouble." but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. How many are thankful Jesus has already won the battle? We are talking about that this morning. He's overcome the world. But listen, you and I, we are called to, to run this race of faith. So we, we just came out of a series and now we're into a series. We're calling it Taking Another Lap. And as we're looking at this, uh, this new series, how do we run this life of faith effectively? How do we run this life of faith with purpose? How do you every day go back to your job or go to your homes or or go to your barracks or whatever season of life you're in? How do you continue to run the race that God's called you to run in an effective way amidst challenges when you get discouraged or when you get distracted or when you get disgruntled with people that you just don't like? How do you keep running the race that God has called you to run? We said this last week. Uh, in fact, this is our theme verse for the series. It's found in 2 Timothy. You can follow along there on your notes. It'll be up there on the, uh, on the screen for you as well. And it's Timothy, Paul talking to Timothy, his protege, right? Just like Jesus handing it off the baton to, to the disciples. And he says this in 2 Timothy 2. He says, endure hardship. Say endure. You ever had to endure something before? You ever had to sit through something like, oh my gosh, this is painful. I was watching my football team yesterday and they almost, wait, I'm getting distracted already. But, but, but some things we, we in life, we, we have to endure. And he's saying to his protege, Timothy, here's Paul talk, he says, endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. Similarly, If anyone competes as an athlete, he does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. Then the hardworking farmers should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying. Understand what I mean by these metaphors. In fact, in this passage of scripture, he shares with us three metaphors of, of what our life is, should be compared to. And last week we talked about how to be a good soldier, how to live your life and not get wrapped up in all the temporary, in all the civilian affairs, right? How to fight the good fight. How I many you know there's a lot of fights we can get into? We can get into fights anywhere, uh, online, at home, at work, but he says, I want you to fight the good fight. And, and then he, he, he says another, uh, 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 another uh, metaphor, he uses that of an athlete, and not just any athlete, but a competitive athlete. And then he says farmer, and what he's saying there, that word endure, it means to have a long mind. In, in other words, have a mind that is longer than the battle. When you become weary, don't become weary in doing good that you would give up, but have a a mind longer than the battle. Have a mind longer than the race and have a mind longer than what it is that you're waiting for God to work and move in your situation, you're waiting for the harvest. So this week we're gonna talk about the competitive athlete. How many would say I'm an athlete in the room? You you say, I'm an athlete. Yeah, I'm just looking for uh, all the cocky people. I'm just kidding you. I I would say I I was an athlete, past tense, right? Uh, Too many broken things now, but, but, but an athlete, he said, this is actually the second most used metaphor in the Bible, it's a pretty powerful metaphor because many of us, even if we're not athletes, we understand what it means. And, and, and Paul, he, he, in another place, he talks about our life of faith, he compares it to a race. How many of you know every one of us, we're in a race? He's called us to, to run a race that, that we're called to win. It's not a sprint, amen? It's a marathon, It's something we continue to run on a daily basis. And here's Paul, he's wanting us not to get off track. And honestly, for us as a church, as a pastoral staff, our goal for you would be to help you run the race God has called you to run, to not get off track or get distracted to go and receive the prize. And in 1 Corinthians 9, this is what Paul says. He says, don't you know that those who run in the stadium, they all run, but one receives the prize. So run in such a way that you may win. Again, how many know there's a difference in a competitive athlete and a casual athlete? You know what I'm talking about? You ever played with casual athletes and you're like competitive? How many would say you're competitive in the room? I've been accused of being competitive. I can literally make anything a competition. It's like, what? You put six Twinkies in your mouth? Give me that, I can put seven. In fact, middle school years, seven was my record. Seven Zingers, anybody know what Zingers are, right? It didn't matter what it was. There was one time my wife and I were newly married. We were living next door to my parents. And I said, let's race back over to our house. She's like, no, I'm not going to. So I'm like, all right, one arm behind my back. She's like, no, all right, two arms behind my back. No, all right, no arms, one leg, let's go. And she's like, all right, let's go. I raced her and guess what, I won because she was laughing so hard because of how stupid I looked running across the yard there. I can literally make anything a competition. And, and, And so there's a difference in someone who's competitive and someone who's casual. And today we're talking about taking it seriously, our life of faith. I remember watching my son Bryce uh, run races in uh, high school and and I would a lot of times go to wherever they're running and the course might be in the woods and stuff, but there was this one guy named Will. And Will, he was not serious with his race. He would start off running, but then he would literally go find a bench or something and sit down during the race and wave to the rest of the runners. <laughs> hey guys, he, he, was not, he was not serious. I mean, you know that we're not called to sit on the park bench of life when it comes to our faith. We're not called to sit uh, on the sidelines. And so he's talking about a competitive athlete, right? And, and so there's a difference between the two. Let me ask you a question. How competitive are you? in your life of faith? How competitive are you? How serious are you about being all that God has called you to be. See, when we look at Hebrews chapter 11, and we just finished a, a Daring Faith series, that's Hebrews chapter 11, you know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You know, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Daring Faith chapter 11, it's the hall of faith. Now we're talking about Hebrews chapter 12. This is uh, people of faithfulness. And, and I love Hebrews chapter 11. We're gonna take our points today from Hebrews 12, but I can't go there until I give you a couple thoughts from Hebrews 11, because, None of those were taking it easy in Hebrews chapter 11. We call it again, oftentimes the hall of faith. And, and, and here it is, uh, the, the writer says this in Hebrews eleven thirty two. 32. It's not gonna be on your screen. I'm just gonna read it for you. But he says, how much more do I need to say and he starts talking about these men and women of faith. And he's talking about ones who look, they overthrew kingdoms. They shut the mouths of lions. They, they quenched the flames. They saw people raised from the dead. What have you done, guys? <laughs> he, he's like telling them, listen, they did some incredible things. And, and, but others, though, others, they were tortured. They were imprisoned. They were ridiculed. They were stoned to death. They were sawn in two. But it goes on and it says, refusing to quit their race because they were running for something greater. They were running for something beyond that life. And then it ends in chapter 11. It says this in verse 38, it says, they were too good for this world. Imagine God saying that about your life, that this man or this woman of faith, they were too good for this world. They lived their life to the fullest. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better. Say better. God had something better in mind for them. How many of you know that the race that God has called us to run, it's better than the race that we can run ourselves? Amen? God has something better for each and every one of us that, that will last, that it's worth Running. So today I wanna, give you, I wanna give you four reminders as we're running this race to help us to kinda hang in there, to not quit. And yeah, In fact, anybody ever felt like you wanted to quit something? Like you just, you, I can't go on, I can't go any further. And here, here's, here's again, uh, the writers reminding us, here's some things we need to remember when we're running the race that God's called us to run. Uh, and number one is this there in your notes, never lose sight of your, where you're headed. Never lose sight of where you're headed. Hebrews chapter 12, we're gonna read from the message version. We don't often preach from this version, but it reads really well and I love it. And it says this, do you see what this, what, what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. Isn't it kind of cool that we're, we're, we're today as we celebrated Veterans Day yesterday, it's right there in the verses. All these veterans are cheering us on. It means we better get on with it. We gotta strip down, we gotta start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat. Look at your neighbor and say, don't, no, just don't say that. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Another area, he says, keep your eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher or perfecter of your faith. Uh, keep your eyes on him who both began and finished the race that we're in. Study how he did it. And, And then he goes on, he says, because he never lost sight of where he's headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way, the cross, the shame, whatever, it didn't matter, whatever obstacle he would face because he had his mind focused on the end goal and on the prize. What's the payoff of following Jesus in this life? Oh, Just rewards for all eternity, that's all. See, that's the payoff. We're running a race for something that is greater than ourselves. And that was the very thing that caused Jesus to endure the cross. And here's the thing, you and I, we can endure... Uh, enormous challenges, right? When we understand that there's a, there's a focus in front of us, there's a prize, right? I remember several years ago, reading a book called Born Survivors. And this book is about three women who were actually pregnant and gave birth during their time in concentration camps. They hid it from the Nazis. They had those babies. Not only did they survive starvation and humiliation and disease and and and, and, and all the things that came with it, but those, they survived and those babies survived. And those three babies, those people didn't know each other, those women before him, but those, those three got together uh, decades later, those three babies to celebrate what their moms had went through. Incredible things, incredible challenges. When we know and we keep our eyes focused on what's ahead. I mean, imagine you and I, this is the goal for us when we walk out our our life of faith is when we get before the Father, all of us wanna hear those those immortal words, right? Well done, thy good and and thy faithful servant. That's the goal for our lives. But the reality is this, we can lose sight, right? You and I, we can get discouraged by, by temporary circumstance. Well, I mean, it's just, it's not working out. I hate my job. I, you know, my marriage is suffering. I'm getting frustrated. My finances, inflation, everything. I mean, a gallon of milk. Did you see how much it costs? We get so frustrated. Why is it more than gas? I don't understand. Anyways, but, but we can get so frustrated by, by and discouraged by temporary circumstances. We can get distracted, right, by temporary pleasures, we can decide, hey, you know what, I'm going to live for everything right now, but then we lose everything that God has for us for our future. And we can get disgruntled by temporary people. How many know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Is it just me? All right. Uh, but we can get frustrated. We can let people derail us and get us off track from what God has called us to be. We got to put our eyes on Jesus. I, I saw this reel the other day, it was a sappy reel, but you know how sometimes you're like, all right, I'm gonna watch it, I'm gonna see. And it was talking about, it had this sappy music in the background and it was like 100 years from now. And what was saying was 100 years from now, what in your life will survive? Think about that for a minute. hundred years from now of your possessions, all of them, uh, your home, your, your vehicles, your uh, all the stuff that maybe you're gonna pass down to your kids. And, and it was saying that most, uh, probably 99.9% will, will be gone. And in fact, it's like, who will remember you? In fact, who will even remember your name? Because your kids will probably be gone by that time as well. And like, you're like, Pastor Matt, this is sad. Yes, just a minute. It's gonna get exciting here in a minute. But, 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 but it was like a, an eye-opener, like, yeah, wow, 100 years from now, it, we won't necessarily be remembered. We won't have anything that we've had in this life. But you know what will be remembered? You know what will matter? What we do on this earth for Jesus Christ. That's what will matter. That's why we've got to be like the competitive athlete. We've got to say, with our faith, our life of faith, I'm going to do the very best that I can. I'm going to train hard. I'm going to live the way God's called me to live because it matters In eternity, we can't lose sight of the prize. Number two is this, a reminder for us to stay in it to win it, is this, don't feel sorry for yourself because it's hard or seems unfair. Chapter uh, 12, verse four says this, in this all out match against sin, others have suffered far worse than you to say nothing of what Jesus went through, all that bloodshed. So don't feel sorry for yourselves or have you forgotten how good parents treat children? And that God regards you as his children. My dear child, don't shrug off God's discipline, but don't be crushed by it either. There are things in our life, sometimes they're self-inflicted. Sometimes it's things that are out of our control, but, but because we live in a world of sin and dysfunction, bad things happen to us, right? And there's difficult things that go on in our life, and, and, uh, but yet God has a race for us to run. I wanna share with you a young lady by the name of Kinsey. Kinsey got to hang out with us this past week uh, with our staff and our school of leadership. Kinsey is a, uh, she's a, a full-time appointed missionary. She's, she's a young lady that's in her 20s, but God called her to be a missionary when she was in high school. And she's serving in Equatorial New Guinea right now. Yes, I had to look it up as well. If you wanna know where it's at, it's on the uh, western side of Africa. It's the only Spanish-speaking country because it was settled long ago uh, by the Spanish, but, but she's serving there as a young, single female in a Muslim country because God called her to be uh, serving in a Muslim country, not living her life to go and get married or to get the latest and greatest or anything like that, but she knows that she's got a race to run. But when Kinsey was in high school, and by the way, she's from Alaska, she's from, from, from Palmer. She's, she went to those same youth camps that Bryce talked about a minute ago where God just rocked some students' world a, a few weeks ago. God called her right there. But when she was in high school, her parents who were, who were pastors were having a vacation down south and they both died in a car wreck. It's not fair, that's difficult but God, you called me to be a missionary. She could have have felt sorry for herself. It was a good excuse not to run the race that God called her to run. But can I tell you that she inspired all of us as staff this past week, all of the future pastors that were a part of our school of leadership because she's running the race that God has called us to run. How many have a hero in your life that you know, you look at their life and you've seen what they've went through and, and you've seen them overcome and it's inspired you to do better, to be better because God is working through the life despite their circumstances in the middle of whatever you're dealing with just know this God is always for you God is always for you and even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death when you think about a shadow the only reason why a shadow gets cast is because there's a light coming and listen the light of Jesus Christ can trump anything that we're facing in our life And we can't, we can't fall into this cycle of self pity, the bad things that happen. I don't want to negate the fact or minimize the fact that you might be walking through a difficult time, but how many of you know God is faithful as word? He says he can take what's happened in your life and he can turn it out for your good and for his glory. That's what God does. In fact, we know it. it is even more powerful when he does that. Nobody likes to see perfect people. I don't know about you. I don't like to see or hear from perfect people. I like to hear what God has done in people's life because of challenges and difficulties that they face. So we can't, we can't live by our moods. We, we can't just wait till we feel like it. I mean, we can't be cranky Christians, amen? Let's just agree that we're not gonna be cranky Christians because of what has happened in our life. It takes discipline, a genuine faith that gets tested that's what makes it genuine when it endures hardship, a mind longer than the race. It takes discipline, right? It takes not giving up as we walk through or our, our run through our, our life of faith. I think we all know, I don't know personally because I've never uh, been even thinking about being an Olympic athlete, but we understand Olympic athletes, they give up a lot, don't they? They, they, not, they, they, they give up their entire lives, their whole schedule. They give up uh, how they eat, maybe where they go, who they hang out with for a temporary prize. But then he, he calls us to run a race for a prize that's gonna last. Let me ask you a question What are you willing to give up in order to run the race that God's called you to run? Are you willing to give up some popularity? Are you willing to give up some some wealth because he redirects you? Uh, Are you willing to give up a career that you wanted, but God directed you to another career? Uh, Are you willing to give up uh, some pleasures in your life because you know that they're keeping you and they're tripping you up from what God's, uh, the race that God has for you to run? See any of you understand this that any anytime we try to make changes in our life whether it's a diet or whether it's exercising or maybe going back to school to get a, a higher degree it takes a discipline right and, and the pain of regret is always greater than the pain of discipline let me say it again, the pain of regret is always greater than the pain of discipline. Maybe for you, some of you in this room today, it, maybe there's some regrets in your life that you didn't do this when you were younger, you should have done that, or you should not have done something else or whatever. And how many would say today that how, how your life would have been better if you'd have just been a little more disciplined in this area now here's the thing you you can't change what's happened but you can decide what's next you can decide to start now with what god's calling you to 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 do and number three is this don't wait to you don't wait to run the race until everything is just right in fact most of the time everything isn't going to be just right and look what hebrews the writer says here in verse 12 he says don't just sit around on your hands no more dragging your feet Clear the path for long distance runners so no one will trip and fall. So no one will step in a hole and sprain an ankle. Help each other out. Help a brother out. We said this this, uh, homeless ministry when I was in Texas and it was called Hobo. I know that's terrible. Help our brothers out. That's what it was called. I don't know why, but uh, I mean, I do know why. That's what we did. We loved acronyms back then, but we need to help each other out. He goes on and he says, run for it. Work at getting along with each other and with God. Otherwise, you'll never get so much as a glimpse of God. Make sure that no one gets left out of God's generosity. Now, I wanna make an important distinction. This race is an assignment. It's not a competition. I know in some races, we can look at the person next to us or across from us, and we're thinking, that's our, that's our opponent, that's our enemy. But this race that we're talking about running for God, it's an assignment. It's not a race or a competition against the other runners. This is so important because we're supposed to help our fellow runners, We're supposed to spur them on and encourage them with our example and with our words and and, and support them. See, God has a specific assignment, a specific race for you to run. And guess what? He has uniquely gifted you to run that race. He specifically called you to do that. See, your, your, your race, here's the reality. It's a lifelong race. It's a lifelong assignment. You're not gonna finish the race this side of heaven. There 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 are there's no such thing as retired faith runners. (laughs) We're continuing to run this race for as long as we are on this earth. But while we're doing that, we have to hold tight to kingdom vision. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not about you. (laughs) See, we gotta hold tight to the kingdom vision. It's not about us. It's about his perspective, it's about his future, and that he's called us to do and be a part of and the race that we're called to run. We gotta have a mind longer than the race so that we don't grow weary. It's a lifelong race that God has called us to. And so when we have each other running with it, there may be times where my brother may be down or my sister may be down. And there may be times where, where I'm up and I can help them and then vice versa so that we can encourage one another because it's not a competition. See, too often we look at each other and we look at what other people have and what they're, oh, well, if everything was so perfect in, in my life like it is in theirs, yeah, sure, I could do a lot. I could serve God better. I could do those things. But see, God's called each and every one of us to run our own race. So we can't compare. It's about the kingdom. It's not about us. It's not about Perfection but it's about a continual pursuit of what God has called us to. See, I love Pastor Mark. He says this often. He said in the first gathering, he says, motion brings clarity. So you can't just wait till everything is perfect in your life. When you take a step, in fact, I, I said this many times to, to married couples, When if you, you can act yourself into a feeling rather than feel yourself into an action. If I wait to have the feeling of working out, How many of you know that feeling may never come? (laughs) But if I take a step and go, I know I need to do this. I'm gonna get up on this stupid stationary bike and get on there and I'm gonna start pedaling. And then as I'm going, I'm like, all right, this feels good. It's good. It got the knees uh, lubricated now. This is pretty good, right? And and so I've acted myself into a feeling. If I've got a problem with my spouse and I'm waiting to have the right feeling to 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 make things better for them, then it may never come. But if I take a step and go, oh, you know what? My wife loves flowers. I mean, that's her love language. I, I can, I'll go buy flowers and I'll go and I'll I'll take them to. I did this one time actually, and I I was just tired. It wasn't I didn't love her anymore. I just didn't have any feelings. And I, I knocked on the door and she answered it. And she's like, you know why don't you just use your key? And I'm like, while she's standing there, I pull the flowers out and, and she sees it. And all of a sudden the smile comes on her face. And, and, and then all of a sudden I get the feelings as well. So like, yeah, I just did good. That's right. I am a good husband, right? But I took an action. And so we can't wait till everything's perfect. And, and we, have to, we have to make sure that we, take, we, we go into the motion direction and run in direction that God's called us to run. And then motion can bring emotion. When we take that action, the emotions can come later. Number four is this, watch out for the Esau syndrome, trading God's lifelong gift for an appetite. Verse 15 of Hebrews 12 says this, keep a sharp eye out for weeds and bitter discontent. A thistle or two gone to sea can ruin a whole garden in no time. Watch out for the Esau syndrome, trading away God's lifelong gift in order to satisfy a short term appetite. You well know that Esau later regretted that impulsive act and he wanted God's blessing, but then it was too late. If you don't know who Esau is, you might know who Abraham was. Abraham was a father of many nations, right? God had promised him a child. That promised child came, which was Isaac. Isaac had two kids, Jacob and Esau. And Esau was the firstborn, which means he would have the birthright. He would get a double portion of everything. He would get the blessing. And so one day though, uh, Esau was out and he was doing things and he came in and he was tired and he was famished. He's like, he comes in, he's like, I'm starving, Like moms, you know, your middle school boys, they're acting like they're about to die. They walk in like that, right? This is how he did. He's like, I'm starving, and Jacob's, he's like, give me some of that that, uh, stew you're making, Jacob. And he's like, well, give me your birthright. He's like, well, what good does it do to me? I'm literally about to die, I'm so hungry, right? And so he does that and he trades his birthright for a temporary appetite. In that moment, he gives up something uh, that's, that's eternal and, and long-term and, and for something that's temporary and to meet a temporary need. See, a thistle or two can ruin the whole garden. In other words, are there some things that we've allowed to be sown into our lives that are slowing us down, perhaps even pulling us out of the race? See, when those seeds get in there and they get sown in there, we literally, we gotta walk around and we gotta, we gotta pull up those weeds of sinfulness. We, we gotta pull up those weeds of selfishness. We gotta pull up those weeds of, of jealousy because everyone else has got it so much. We gotta pull up those weeds because guess what? We may think they're small things, but there are things that are keeping us from running the race that God has called us to run. They slow us down. You ever had a blister and you tried to run with a blister? You know, we've got $100 million athletes that get this thing called turf toe. That's also a blister and, and they can't play in this game because of one little thing. It keeps us from running the race God's called us to run. And, and it can divert us uh, like a bad grocery cart with, with a bad wheel. You know, it's always pulling us in a direction, right? And, and, and that's what these weeds and this discontent can do as they get rooted into our lives. Let me ask you a question. What's the race you're running? See, others are watching us run our race and we're supposed to help them out. In fact, if you're a parent in the room, kids are watching the race that you're running. Do you know I can look at your calendar and I can look at your, your bank account and I can see which race you're running because of what we're gonna put our time and our resources towards. What race are you running? Is it for something temporary? Is it for something eternal? So if we're gonna stay in God's race, we gotta never lose sight of where you're headed. Don't feel sorry for yourself when it gets hard. Don't wait until the conditions are perfect and watch out for that Esau syndrome. Now, that applies to you and I. Now now I wanna, I wanna kind of shift here and I wanna talk to you about corporately. What is the race that God has called us? You and I as a part of True North Church here, maybe you call True North home for years or maybe you're just visiting today. What is the race that God calls, has called us to run? And so I wanna take just a moment to do that because we're all individual runners, but we're all part of a team, T-E-A-M. Together, each of us achieves more. How many know whenever you got a team, you can win a championship? You can do some great things, right? And so the race that we're called to run in this season, the race corporately is called church-passity. Yes, it's a made-up word, but if you've been around for a little while, you've heard it. It's right there on the wall. It's on the banners. And it's simply this. It's a people of faith living on mission, building a place with more space. I love how Pastor Dan said this a couple weeks ago. Not because we need more elbow room, but because we wanna reach more elbows, we wanna reach more people for Jesus Christ. And it's a bold vision that requires a, a bold response from, from a people of faith, you and I. And, and so we're together. This is the season we're in. And two years ago, there were hundreds of you that said yes to this, to this initiative and, and to church capacity and, and to run the race that God has called us to run. And we're so thankful for you. And so today we're gonna to talk about, in the next couple of weeks as well, we're gonna talk about, would you take another lap with us? Would you stay in the race with us so that we can complete the assignment that God's called us to do? I got a couple of slides for you. And if you didn't receive a book on the way in, you can grab one on the way out, but this will tell you kind of where we've been, where we're going, and and, uh, this is our journey. Uh, In August of 2017, this is when we started to say, hey, we are growing. There was less than 100 people, and now this past week, 1600 people were a part of True North Church. Isn't that credible? And just a short amount of time. And so so what we did first is just so you guys know, the parking lot fills up before the sanctuary. So that was a challenge. So we we spent resources towards that. And there were a couple of other things as as we went along to try to maximize our capacity to reach a city. And so we did that. And so this is part of our journey. And then our master plan um, is, is we're going to build a, there's a building A and a building B and a building C and, and uh, over there at College Road. And, and how many have been over to College Road? You've seen there, you've been in that venue before, you saw the mill. Okay. So Quite a few of you, many of you have not though. Building A is where we're currently worshiping. This morning, there's a service going on right now, Pastor Mark's preaching at. That is uh, that, that will later on become our children's facility. But right now, there'll be almost 400 people worshiping over there this morning in two gatherings. And then Building B is the current building that we're, we're building uh, right now at College Road so that we have a place with more space. Uh, we'll have about 700 seats. Uh, and then we won't have to have uh, 14 gatherings. We'll actually just do two or three gatherings. Um, Praise the Lord, but we love that. We love that we're having this space issue because we know that God's going to allow us to reach more people. And then phase three later on would be a school. So that is a, the that's our master plan. And then you can look in the foyer here, and uh, and this is incredible. In fact, if you are standing in the foyer of the new the new building, this is facing it right. Uh, and if you're standing in it, you can go to that next slide. You're looking out. What it'll be is uh, it'll be facing UAF. It'll be facing the college and the minds and the the, the minds of the young people that we want to help mold and change for this generation. This is the foyer. I mean, that's a little bigger than that foyer out there. Um, and as we do things. Uh, uh throughout, like we'll do 12 days of Christmas coming up. There's never enough space in there or, or we have to kick you guys out because hey, quit talking. We need the parking space. We need, we need you out of here because the next group's coming. We won't have to do that. We can literally have things going there. You could still get coffee during the gathering because we won't hear it because it's right there making all that noise. And so, uh, so that, that is where we've been. This is where we're going. Um, and so here's, a, here's the next thing is how long is the race going to take? Now, remember, it's an assignment. It's not a set distance or a set amount of time. It's an assignment. The assignment is to finish the place with more space. So, so that's how long it's gonna take. When we finish it now, we're gonna keep running. Through 2017 till now, there were different challenges, but we can't wait till everything's perfect. Yes, there was COVID and shut the world down. Did you guys feel that one? And then yes, there's, a, there's been inflation right now. There's been different challenges. We're gonna keep running this, this, this race that God has called us as as True North to run. And so we're asking would you take another lap with us? Some of you joined us already, maybe you're new here. Would you take a lap with us, help us to finish this place with more space. A couple more slides I want to show up for you, just so you kind of see where we're at financially and what we've done so far and, and what everything is going on here. So this is what our building over there, our land and here, all the improvements, this is what it's it's worth. It, it's, it's worth $18.5 million. God has been so good to us. You've been so faithful in your giving and we've been able to expand the different things and help us to increase our capacity. Uh, and so that's where we're at. And, and then uh, our current indebtedness, in uh, other words, what we owe as a church, um, if you'll, there you go, next slide there, is, is actually, it's a little less than 6.1 million, but that's our current liabilities we're paying on that. And, and so still our net value is pretty high. And, and then, so what is our future financing as we look at that? Well, here's what we're believing God for. A, a third of it, well, that's what's left will be raised by you taking another lap with us. And, and, then, and, and then we'll borrow some because we don't want to stretch ourselves too much. How many you know we want to be good stewards? but we also wanna be able to complete the assignment. And so we'll borrow about a third of that. And then this building, as we launch, uh, Lord willing, our school in January, Uh, our our, uh, learning academy. It's gonna start over at College Road, but then when we start the elementary school in the next year, two years, potentially three years, it will come over here and we'll launch our elementary after the preschool right over here. And this building will be be bought by our school and that will be part of uh, the ability to finish this place with more space. And so that's where we're at. And then thirdly, as a church, we can't wait until the season is perfect. We're in this race. If you haven't noticed, the steel is already up. <laughs> we're in this race and, and, and we didn't foresee COVID. We didn't foresee um, uh, uh, the inflation and everything that's happened, but we're in the race. And la- a couple Wednesday nights ago, if you didn't join us, it was incredible time. We had our first worship service underneath that new building, the steel structure. And we wrote scriptures and, and, and words from the Lord uh, of the future that God has for us in, in this place with more space. And here's what we're asking you to do. We're asking you to join the team. We're asking you to join up. This is a race that God has called us to run as a church. And we're so excited. And we've been blessed to have you, many of you a part of it already, but we're believing God that we're gonna finish this assignment, amen? You know, here's the good news. God's already provided all the money. It's just still in our pockets. (laughs) He's already provided for it. He's done it. He will do it. He will, he will continue to reach people through us no matter what. And we know, listen, it's God, God is the one who's got to figure it all out. We're just giving you the opportunity. Aren't you thankful God lets us partner with him in what he's doing? And so that is where we're at. That's the race God's called us as, as a church. Now I want to bring it back to you and I again. Because we've been talking about enduring, having a mind longer and things like that, right? Maybe you're here today and, and, and you know, you're not running the race. You have got distracted, discouraged, whatever. You felt like you're, you've been on the sidelines. You felt like your life has had no purpose. And, and, and maybe, maybe even something earlier in your life that the, the appetite for sin caused you to get disqualified and you've been out of the race. I got great news for you today. John 10.10 10 says this, that the thieves come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and life to the fullest. Amen? He says, get back in the race. He wants you in the race with him. It may be, maybe it's for you the first time. Just get in the race. He has a race for you to run with purpose and, and, and for things he wants to do in and through you. Yes, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of those sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And I just wanna to say to you today, would you get in the race? Would you get back into the race? Will you just bow your heads with me today? See here at True North, we say it's as easy as ABC to get into the race. Admit, believe, and confess. Maybe you're here today, you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ. He has a purpose for your life. He has a plan for your life. Maybe you've, you've strayed from that race and you're out of it, but you wanna give your life back over him today. You can do it today. You can just pray this prayer silently as I prayed out loud and you say, Dear God, today I admit that I'm a sinner. I'm far from your will, but I believe you died for me on a cross. And today I confess you as my Lord and my savior. Will you help me to live a life, to run a race that's pleasing to you, that means for all eternity. God, thank you for that, in Jesus' name, amen. What a fantastic service. Be sure to stay in touch by following us on social media so you can stay up to date with all that is happening at True North Church.